Section seven of Autobiography of Phineas Pett by Phineas Pett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section seven. The Autobiography of Phineas Pett, Part three. The next day, being the ninth of May, I began the work again. Every man striving to express his willingness thereunto by reason of the great encouragement his majesty had publicly and generally given to them and within two or three days after the lord admiral sir robert mansell and sir john trevor advising together with me we resolved to move the lords of the council to have two principal men which were master shipwrights to be by their order appointed to repair twice at least in the week to woolwich to survey the provisions and to foresee that no unserviceable materials should be wrought upon the ship which we did to clear all suspicions of any ends of our own this accordingly was consented to of the lords and mr matthew baker and henry reynolds were appointed to be the overseers who for fashion's sake some three or four times came to woolwich but finding our care to be more to perform honestly than theirs could be to prevent with their best endeavours they gave over the trust recommended to them and left me to myself the seventh of june following the red lion which was newly rebuilt by mr baker at deptford was launched where was present the king's majesty and the prince i attending then near the place at the great storehouse end where his majesty had his standing he was pleased very graciously to confer with me and to use me with extraordinary expressions of his princely favour the eighth day of june being the thursday in whitsun week his majesty began to hear the great and general cause of the navy in his presence chamber at greenwich wherein three whole days were spent in several examinations of the truth and circumstances of the informations delivered by the lord northampton and his agents against sir robert mansell sir john trevor captain button sir thomas bludder mr leggett myself and many others the first day the lord northampton made the very entrance into the business a great complaint of the dishonour he reaped by my hearing at woolwich insisting very maliciously in incensing his majesty against me and others who as he said traduced him in every tavern and ale-bench to his great dishonour and therefore humbly besought his majesty that business might be again called in question alleging the confidence of the informers who were ready to maintain the truth of their former informations with their lives his majesty taking it ill that my lord should dare to question his just proceedings which he had taken such pains personally to hear and determine took him short off with a sharp reprehension and willed him no further to insist upon that whereof his majesty and the whole world were so sufficiently satisfied but if he had aught else to say he should proceed with that and he was there ready to hear and to do him all right then his lordship began to deliver sundry particular bitter accusations against sir robert mansell sir john trevor and the rest all savouring more of malice than of truth as was apparent by every man's answer when they were called to speak for themselves on saturday being the tenth of june and the last day of hearing to conclude all i was called the last man to answer a grievous accusation for my spanish voyage made in the resistance when i attended the lord admiral for the conclusion of the peace captain norris being then the principal informer it was laid to my charge i had transported and sold to the spaniards divers tons of brass ordnance and other provisions of powder and shot but after it came to the trial all proved nothing but ridiculous news his majesty being made privy to all the proceeding in that business by the lord admiral when he was in spain so that i was fully cleared of all those scandalous and false informations by his majesty's own mouth to the shame and disgrace of those that were principal actors and prosecutors of it and thus was that great hearing fully concluded at greenwich it must not be forgotten how the lord in his justice did revenge my injuries and wrongs even upon all those that were sworn against me but because in modesty i will spare to nominate some and in what particulars they were afterwards in special matters beholding to me yet i must not pass over one remarkable accident 
that happened to one of them in this manner captain george weymouth before mentioned being one of the most violent and bitterest adversaries that came against me happened to have drawn in a knight of hampshire to be so credulously confident of his special art in building of ships that he trusted him to have the oversight and direction of building a small ship for him which was expected to have been so rare a sailor and every way so well conditioned as she should run beyond the moon but in the end when she came to be tried she proved the veriest bauble and drowned devil that ever went to sea and so plainly cozened the knight both of his charge and expectation the provisions of cordage anchors sails munition and other furniture were to come from london and captain weymouth was trusted both to ship them and to convey them to the vessel and for the better security he resolved to embark himself with them and falling down as low as the north foreland there mistaking his course as he did in the north-west passage instead of going to shoreham in sussex he went for flushing and so pretending some lame excuse to colour his pretence passed from thence to antwerp where it is most certain he proffered to sell all his commodities and his service also had he not been prevented albeit he enjoyed a pension of ten groats per diem here in england from his majesty under the title of master engineer this his juggling was not so privately conveyed but notice and advertisement was given and sent to the lords of the council and by their lordships to the lord high admiral whereupon strict order was taken that he should be apprehended as a pirate if he at any time were found in england upon knowledge hereof he secretly stole over and got to london and there very privately by means of one mr Pory, a gentleman having some near dependence upon the right honourable the earl of salisbury then the lord treasurer of england his case was made known to his lordship to be a means to his majesty for his pardon his lordship very well remembering what part he played at my hearing at woolwich and what particular notice his majesty and the prince's highness took of his dishonest and base carriage utterly disclaimed him so much as to hear him named but being very much importuned by mr pory and one old keema he advised his safest course to be to make his way to the lord admiral in whose power he was now fallen by piracy and that he had no better or readier way to effect this but to repair to me and to confess his former injuries and truly to deliver by what means and working he was drawn into that business and so to offer me as public satisfaction as he had done me public injury that i might be a mean both to the prince's highness and to the lord admiral he might upon this submission be both pardoned and received into favour this counsel was presently followed and a great supper bespoken at the three cranes in the vintry by mr pory and mr Keema, to which i was trained by a solemn invitation by them both by a letter sent to me to woolwich that very morning before the supper intended we met according to appointment and after some compliments passed pori and Keema, drawing me aside into a private room there discovered unto me the cause of their meeting and sending for me which when i thoroughly understood i refused either to say or see weymouth but at length won by their importunities and the rather for that they confidently assured me this was done by the advice of my most honourable good lord the lord treasurer i was contented to stay supper with them and weymouth came in and sat at the same table without any speech concerning the business supper ended mr pory began to break the matter to this effect that captain weymouth there present acknowledging his error in doing me so great an injury was purposely come in their company to offer me what satisfaction i would desire confessing it now lay in my power either to undo him or to recover his lost reputation and to perform what i should enjoin him in what public manner i would require to this i answered that first i never had any conversation with weymouth nor did ever give him any cause to be my enemy in so great a height as to accuse me before a king in the presence of such an audience wherein no less than my life was questioned 
aggravating each circumstance of his malicious carriage towards me as well as i could then remember to be short captain weymouth there rising from the table in the presence of all that were there fell on his knee and desired me as i was a gentleman to pardon what he had inadvisedly done against me all the circumstances he would truly discover if i would give him leave to speak and then rising from the ground laid down his sword at my feet there vowing in the presence of god and that company both himself his life and his sword should be ever at my command and service he then freely delivered by whom he was first solicited to join in that business against me which was mr baker bright and the rest for the space of two months together to whom he made flat denial to join in such a malicious practice and did never condescend till they procured him to be sent for by a letter from the lord northampton to come to speak with him by whose flatteries and fair promises he was enticed to be a party with them and this he offered to make good upon his oath whensoever he should be called upon this his submission i was contented to forgive the injury done to me in my own particular but i could not promise to mediate betwixt him and the prince my master nor the lord admiral this was accepted upon my promise i would not aggravate anything against him and thus spending almost the whole night i took my leave and so took boat and returned that morning to woolwich and this was about the eighteenth of november this meeting was not so private but that his highness and the lord admiral had notice of it whereupon the prince sent for me and commanded me to deliver the truth which i accordingly did in each particular his highness disliked that i did not acquaint him with it but when i assured him of the manner of my training thither with some little check he was satisfied and the lord treasurer did so mediate for him to the good lord admiral that his pardon was granted but himself from that time after till his dying day which shortly followed was never received to favour nor good opinion in the beginning of january following there were two new ships builded at deptford for the east india merchants to be launched whereat his majesty with the prince and divers lords were present and feasted with a banquet of sweetmeats on board the great ship in the dock which was called the trade's increase the other was called the peppercorn the names being given by his majesty i did there attend and received gracious public usage from his majesty the prince and the lords but the tide was so bad that the great ship could not be launched out of the dock and the smaller which was built upon the wharf was so ill-stroken upon the launching ways that she could by no means be put off which did somewhat discontent his majesty the last day of january the prince's highness came to woolwich to see in what forwardness the ship was in where i gave him and his followers entertainment the seventh day of january by commandment from the prince's highness i attended at the great feast made by him at st james's to the king queen duke of york lady elizabeth the lords of the council and all the knights that were actors at the barriers the supper was not ended till after ten at night from whence they went to the play and that ended returned again to a set banquet in the gallery where the supper was the table being above one hundred and twenty foot long and it was three of the clock in the morning before all was finished the ninth of february my wife's brother john nichols being a linen draper dwelling in friday street died of the sickness the twenty fifth of april the prince's highness came to woolwich and dined there with all his train in my dining-room the twenty seventh of april my sister lydia whom i was glad to maintain a long time before with a poor man that was her husband died at plumstead and was there buried at my charge the thirtieth of this month the resistance was launched out of my brother simonson's dock at ratcliffe where she was newly repaired the second of may the lady elizabeth with her train came to see the great ship at woolwich and was entertained by my wife i being then at london about the tenth of may this present year i bought sir john trevor's third part of the resistance so that i had two third parts of her to myself the eighteenth of june the prince's highness came to woolwich to see the ship who was now in great forwardness and almost ready 
and the next day after he came thither again in company of the king his father and a great train attending them in the afternoon his majesty spent almost two hours in great content in surveying the ship both within and without protesting it did not repent him to have taken such great pains in examination of the business of that work since the fruit thereof yielded him such continuation his majesty then did me the honour to come into the house where my wife had prepared a banquet of sweetmeats and such fruits as were then to be had whereof he was pleased to taste plentifully and did very graciously accept of his homely entertainment giving me a special commandment not to launch the ship till his progress was ended between easter and michaelmas that the ship began to be garnished it is not credible what numbers of people continually resorted to woolage of all sorts both nobles gentry citizens and from all parts of the country round about which was no small charge to me in giving daily entertainment to all comers which could not be possibly avoided in that place at such a time in the beginning of august i was summoned to chatham with my fellow master shipwrights there to take a survey of the navy according to the yearly custom sir john trevor then surveyor attended that service personally where we spent four days in performing that business and so returned to woolwich the sixth of this month of august my wife was delivered of her fifth son at woolwich in my own lodgings between the hours of six and seven o'clock in the morning being thursday and the sixteenth day of the same month he was baptized in the church at woolwich upon a thursday in the forenoon the witnesses were my brother peter and brother william brooke godfathers and my wife's mother mistress catherine nichols godmother the twenty-second of this month i let out the resistance for a voyage into the straits at the rate of one hundred pounds per mensum with thirty-six men mr william gibbons appointed the master the thirty-first day i rode to nonsuch to the prince that then was there in hunting who of his nobleness promised to send me a buck to woolwich because he had then given all away that were fallen that day the ninth of september being sunday about six of the clock in the evening divers london maids coming to see the ship brought in their company a little boy of twelve years old the only child of his mother a widow woman dwelling in tower street who carelessly going up and down upon the main orlop fell down into the hold of the ship and was thereby so broken and bruised that he died before midnight being the first mischance that did happen in the whole time of the ship's building about the middle of this month being ready to have the ship stroken down upon her ways i caused twelve of the choice master carpenters of his master's navy to be sent for from chatham to be assistants in her striking and launching and upon the eighteenth day being tuesday she was safely set upon her ways and this day sir robert mansell came and dined with me in my lodgings the twentieth of this month the french leaguer ambassador came to woolwich to see the ship whom i entertained in the best manner i could and in the time of his being within the prince my royal master sent me a wonderful fat buck which he killed with his own hand now began we on all sides to make preparation for the launching of the ship and for that purpose there was provided a rich standard of taffety very fairly gilt with gold with his majesty's arms to be placed upon the poop with a very large ensign of crimson rich taffety with a canton of the prince's crest to be placed upon the quarter-deck and all other ornaments very carefully provided for befitting that purpose there was a standing set up in the most convenient place in the yard for his majesty the queen and their royal children and places fitted for the ladies and council all railed in and boarded all the rooms both in my own lodgings and at mr lydiard's were prepared and very handsomely hanged and furnished with a cloth of state chairs stools and other necessaries nothing was omitted that could be imagined any ways necessary both for ease and entertainment upon sunday in the afternoon being the twenty-third day of september sir robert mansell sir john trevor and sir henry palmer came to woolwich to see how everything was ordered and finding all things prepared and fitted to their likings 
about three of the clock they returned all to deptford where they lodged that night at sir robert mansell's this evening very late there came a messenger to me from them bringing a letter which was sent to them from court at theobald's to give me order to be very careful to search the ship's hold for fear some treacherous persons might have bored some holes privily in the ship to sink her after she should be launched but my care had prevented their fears aforehand so far as possibly could be searched or discerned on monday morning assisted by the help of my brother simonson and sundry other my friends we opened the dock gates and made all things ready against the tide but the wind blowing very hard at south-west kept out the flood so as it proved a very bad tide little better than a neap which put us afterwards to great trouble and hazard the king's majesty came from theobald's though he had been very ill at ease with a scouring taken with surfeiting by eating grapes and landed here about eleven of the clock prince henry attended him and most part of the lords of the council the lord admiral attended by the principal officers of the navy together with myself received him on land out of his barge and conducted him to the place provided for him in mr lydiard's house his dinner was dressed in our great kitchen after dinner came the queen's majesty accompanied with the duke of york lady elizabeth and divers great lords and ladies in her train the drums and trumpets were placed on the poop and foresail and the wind instruments by them so that nothing was wanting to so great a royalty that could be desired when it grew towards high water and all things ready and a great close lighter made fast at the ship's stern and the queen's majesty with her train placed the lord admiral gave me commandment to heave taut the crabs and screws though i had little hope to launch by reason the wind over blew the tide yet the ship started and had launched but that the dock gates pent her in so straight that she stuck fast between them by reason the ship was nothing lifted with the tide as we expected she should and the great lighter by unadvised counsel being cut off the stern the ship settled so hard upon the ground that there was no possibility of launching that tide besides that there was such a multitude of people got into the ship that one could scarcely stir by another the noble prince himself accompanied with the lord admiral and other great lords were upon the poop where the great standing gilt cup was ready filled with wine to name the ship so soon as she had been on float according to ancient custom and ceremony performed at such times by drinking part of the wine giving the ship her name and heaving the standing cup overboard the king's majesty was much grieved to be frustrate of his expectation coming on purpose though very ill at ease to have done me honour but god saw it not so good for me and therefore sent his cross upon me both to humble me and to make me know that howsoever we purposed he would dispose all things as he pleased so that about five of the clock his majesty with the queen and all their train departed away to greenwich where then the household were removed prince henry stayed behind a good while after his majesty was gone conferring with the lord admiral principal officers and myself what was to be done and leaving the lord admiral to stay here to see all things performed that was resolved on he took horse and rode after the king to greenwich with promise to return back presently after midnight as soon as the multitudes were gone and things quiet we went presently in hand to make way with the sides of the dock gates and having great store of scavelmen and other labourers we made all things ready before any flood came which performed every man applied himself to get victuals and to take rest the lord admiral sat up all the night in a chair in his chamber till the tide was come about the ship and sir robert mansell sir john trevor and sir henry palmer made shift in my lodgings to rest themselves the beginning of the night was very fair and bright moonshine the moon being a little past full but after midnight the weather was sore overcast and a very sore gust of rain thunder and lightning which made me doubt that there was some indirect working amongst our enemies to dash our launching this gust lasted about half an hour with great extremity the wind being at south-west in the midst of this great gust prince henry and all his train were taken upon the top of blackheath in their coming to woolwich 
but his invincible spirit daunted with nothing made little account of it but came through and was no sooner alighted in the yard but calling for the lord admiral and myself and sir robert mansell went all presently on board the ship being about two of the clock almost one hour before high water and was no sooner entered but the word being given to set all taut the ship went away without any straining of screws or tackles till she came clear afloat into the midst of the channel to the great joy and comfort of the prince's highness the lord admiral and all the rest of my noble loving friends which mercy of god to me i pray i may never forget his highness then standing upon the poop with a selected company only besides the trumpets with a great deal of expression of princely joy and with the ceremony of drinking in the great standing cup threw all the wine forward towards the half-deck and solemnly calling her by the name of the prince royal the trumpets sounding all the while with many gracious words to me gave the standing cup into mine own hands and would not go from the ship till he saw her fast at her moorings in heaving down to the moorings we found that all the hawsers that were laid on shore for landfasts were treacherously cut to put the ship to hazard of running on shore if god had not blessed us better in the interim of warping to the moorings his highness went down to the platform of the cook-room where the ship's beer stood for the ordinary company and there finding an old can without a lid went and drew it full of beer himself and drank it off to the lord admiral and caused him with the rest of his attendants to do the like about nine the same morning being very rainy he took his barge accompanied with the lord admiral and the rest of his train and giving us a princely gracious farewell rode against the tide to greenwich where he made relation of all the business and the circumstances thereof to the king his father we then came on shore to refresh ourselves with victuals and to take some rest having toiled all the night before and amongst the rest of the company sir henry palmer was pleased to stay dinner where we drank prince henry's health round to hansel the standing cup given at the launching the eighth day of october i began to kill beef at woolwich for the victualling of the resistance for a voyage into the straits the twentieth of october we discharged most part of all the workmen which wrought upon the prince and were paid at deptford the same day the twenty-second day of this month the resistance fell down to the wall and the twenty-seventh day she came down to woolwich and there anchored by the prince this day also i shipped away my household stuff from woolwich to chatham the twenty-ninth day being monday i removed from woolwich to chatham with my wife children and my whole family and the next day i returned again to woolwich divers ships fell down to woolwich and we caused them to anchor by the prince and to help us with all their men to set the prince's masts the first of november being thursday was set the prince's foremast and on saturday being the third day her boltsprit was set also all the merchantmen's companies helping us the eighth day being thursday the resistance and the rest of the straits ships set sail for gravesend and i went down thither in the resistance and that night went to chatham and the next day returned to gravesend and cleared away my ship the tenth day being saturday betimes in the morning the resistance and the rest of the straits ships set sail from gravesend and went over the next tide i went in the resistance captain john king went in his own ship the matthew and mr jenkins the shipwright went with mr willis in the althea and mr newport went master in the centaur we all anchored in the gore and lay ashore at birchington that night old thomas puniet in our company the next day captain king mr jenkins mr puniet and myself came post to chatham they lay at my house all night and the next day i came up to woolwich with them in my company the prince by this time was wholly rigged and made ready to go to chatham of which having made prince henry's highness acquainted he was pleased to come on board her at woolwich on thursday being the sixth of december where he stayed some three hours being wonderful desirous to have had us set sail if we could possibly have done it without danger sir robert mansell that day attended upon the prince and was by him commanded to go down in her to chatham with us 
Captain King was master, thereto being appointed by the prince. Old John Avale was our pilot, Mr. John Reynolds, the master gunner, and Lawrence Spencer, boatswain. So soon as it was high water, which was about three of the clock, his highness went on shore at Woolwich, where his coach attended. At his landing, we gave him eleven pieces of ordnance, which was all we had then aboard. The seventh day of this month, Sir Robert Mansell sent his bedding and provision on board the prince, and necessaries for the journey, and that night he came on board and lay there all night, and the next day, being Saturday, the wind being at south-west, we made ready to set sail and got our anchors on board, but it was a great fog all the morning, and at noon it cleared up, but it was so little wind that we could scarce bear ahead with all our sails and boats, yet we with much ado got as low as half-way tree, and there, the water being much fallen, we anchored all the night. The next day, being Sunday the ninth of December, we set sail about one of the clock, with a fresh gale at south-west, and that night anchored at the lower end of Gravesend. Monday, the tenth day, we set sail into Tilbury Hope, and, for that, we wanted a great anchor and cable. Sir Robert thought it fit for us to stay there till we were supplied with all wants, for which purpose Sir Robert went back to London that night, and I went home to Chatham. On Friday after, being the fourteenth day, I returned on board the ship into Tilbury Hope, and presently after Sir Robert came on board, and having received the supply of our wants, we made ready to set sail again the next day. Saturday morning we set sail from Tilbury Hope, and anchored thwart the Nore, where we lay all that night. Sunday the sixteenth day we weighed and anchored within Sheerness, and on Monday we got up as high as St. Mary's Creek and the next day being tuesday and the eighteenth day we brought the ship safe to her moorings within the chain of upner for which we gave god thanks so soon as the ship was safe moored sir robert mansell rode away post for london and i went home to my house on the wednesday after i made a journey to london to wait upon the prince my master where i stayed till the saturday after being the twenty-second day and then returned home to chatham and thus ended the year of 1610. Anno 1611. There passed little worth note till towards the end of April, this present year, and the twenty-ninth day of this month, being on a Monday, I was, by the Prince's Highness's command, sent for to come to London, to be at Westminster with Sir Robert Mansell that night at supper. The message came to me between two and three of the clock in the afternoon. I presently caused my horses to be taken up and made ready, and presently took horse, and according to appointment came thither by seven that night, where I found Sir Robert Mansell and Oliver Cromwell expecting my coming. The next morning Sir Robert Mansell and myself repaired to St. James's, where I received from the Prince's own mouth His Highness's intent to make a private journey to Chatham, and to go down in his barges round about by Queensborough, giving me straight charge I should acquaint none with it but make preparation for his lodging and diet, and his small train in Chatham. Mr. Leggett's house being appointed the place to receive his own person. So, being taught my lesson, I returned to Chatham, taking present order for the preparing of all things for his entertainment. There was a small merchantman bound for the East Country, which was purposely sent down into Tilbury Hope, to ride there, to refresh his highness on board her, and to relieve the watermen, to which purpose she was quaintly fitted with all things, and a great breakfast prepared for that purpose. Sir William St. John, having the charge of seeing it performed, being as captain of the ship for present. The 5th of May, being Sunday, after dinner I took horse to Gravesend, where met me Captain King, who had part of that merchant's ship, and was commanded to attend, and we lay all night at Gravesend. On Monday morning, being the 6th of May, the Prince's Highness took his barges at Whitehall by five of the clock. He was accompanied with the Earls of Shrewsbury, Arundel, and Earl of Mar, Sir Thomas Chaloner, Sir Oliver Cromwell, Sir Robert Mansell, and some others of his household servants. About nine of the clock, His Highness came on board, where we were ready to receive him after the sea manner, with trumpets and drums, and after he had refreshed himself, 
the lords broke fast and the watermen relieved with fresh spells we went on against the tide till we came within queensborough water and it was ebbed before we could get as high as upner and so passing along by all the ships his highness was landed at the old dock at chatham a little before six at night and thence walked on foot to mr leggett's house where his supper was ready prepared for him for him and his train to his great content the earl of arundel was lodged at a boatswain's house next mr leggett's the earl of shrewsbury and earl of mar were lodged at my house the other train in other convenient places tuesday morning betimes according to his highness's directions overnight barges and boats were ready prepared to attend his highness who had broke fast and was ready by seven of the clock and took his barge and went first on board the prince and so from ship to ship of the lower reach taking particular private information from sir robert mansell and myself none else suffered to come near of the state and condition of each several ship in his own table book this done landed and went to dinner where he was very merry and pleasant we having placed fifteen great brass chambers in the garden to be fired when his highness drunk any health and were attended by mr john reynolds master gunner of his own ship who carefully performed his charge dinner done his highness proceeded again in viewing all the ships and pinnaces in the upper reach not leaving out any one which he was not on board of taking the same course with them as was done with the other in the forenoon by which time the day was far spent and his highness returned to his lodging supper being ready against his coming wednesday after his highness had broke fast he took his barges and went up to strood by water all the ships of both reaches giving him a royal farewell with their ordnance which he commanded to be shot even over his barge notwithstanding all the persuasion to the contrary he was landed at strood where his coaches attended him and thence went to gravesend whither i also waited on him and there his highness was received by the magistrates of the town with all their small shot and the ordnance of the blockhouses at his putting in his barge he was pleased to grace me with kissing his hand expressing how well he was pleased with his journey and entertainment thence i returned home to chatham the fourth of june being tuesday being prepared to have gone to london the next day about midnight one of the king's messengers was sent down to me from the lord treasurer to man the light horseman with twenty musketeers and to run out as low as the nor head to search all ships barks and other vessels for the lady arabella that had then made escape and was bound over for france which service i performed accordingly and searched queenborough and all other vessels i could meet withal and then went over to lie in essex and searched the town and when we could hear no news of her went to gravesend and then took post horse to greenwich where his majesty then lay and delivered the account of my journey to the lord treasurer by his majesty's command and so was dismissed and went that night to ratcliffe where i lay at captain king's the tenth of june being at london i had news of the arrival of the resistance from the straits whereupon i went presently for chatham and the next morning returned to gravesend and shipped myself in a ketch and was before night set on board the resistance in gore end road where were other ships that came thither in company and amongst the rest one of the east india ships newly come of whom one david middleton was captain i stayed in the gore till the seventeenth day at which time we were purposed to have weighed and come over but there rose such a storm at west and so over blue that diverse ships venturing were cast away and they that scraped best lost their masts and ground tackle but god blessed us that we did not lose the ship at all i then having earnest business to be at chatham was set on shore again at margate from whence i took the post-horse and came safely that night to chatham giving god thanks for his merciful deliverance about this time sir john trevor having sold his place of surveyor of the navy to one captain richard bingley was come down to chatham to surrender his place unto him at the pay then made and thereupon there was by the new surveyor's means a strict survey made of the whole navy wherein i denied to join before i knew the prince's pleasure 
but was afterwards persuaded to yield unto it by sir john trevor's importunity whereby i incurred great blame and a sharp check from the prince's highness which i had much ado to pacify by the help of the best friends i had about him being sent for on purpose to richmond to give his highness satisfaction therein about the eighth day of july i paid the company of the resistance for their voyage and presently graved her for another and at the same time i was sent for by the lord admiral of england to hampton court to give an account about the proceedings of the survey made a little before at chatham of the state of the navy and then i was also sent for to attend the prince at richmond to give his highness satisfaction concerning the proceedings therein which he took as an affront because i had not made his grace acquainted with it being hindered by sir richard bingley the seventeenth day of this month being saturday having fitted the resistance in all points for her voyage into the straits she set sail to blackwall and the next morning came to gravesend where i left her and went to chatham and next day being monday morning i brought my wife to gravesend with me where we lay that night and having cleared the ship from thence saw her set sail on tuesday morning betimes and then returned home to chatham at the end of this month i caused the little disdain prince henry's pinnace to be rigged and fitted for me to take the air of the sea to the river's mouth the third of september being tuesday i set sail with a disdain betimes in the morning from upner having the ship manned with divers of my friends in the navy which voluntary went with me as david duck nicholas surtis robert sharp cousin peter pett and others whom i royally victualled and put out of queenborough and with the next flood the wind westerly returned up as high as whole haven where we anchored all night next morning i turned up to gravesend where we anchored in expectance of the company of my friend captain john king who was to come from london to meet me there upon his faithful promise but he failing i with my company dined on shore at gravesend and in the afternoon set sail into tilbury hope where we anchored all night the next morning being thursday the fifth day we weighed betimes in the morning with a fair gale of wind at west and went down as low as the boy of the o's edge where we anchored till the flood before which time the wind hearted in and blew a very fresh gale and before a quarter flood it blew so much wind as we could not maintain our topsails abroad and the sea was so high grown that our little ship would not work so that we had much ado to get up as high a swart of minster church upon the island of sheppey where close under the edge of the cant we came to an anchor in shoal water by which time it blew up a very great storm the wind at west-south-west and there we were forced to ride it out till the next day at half flood not without some danger and then the wind beginning to duller we weighed and got up under sheerness where we anchored all night and the next day being saturday the seventh day we brought our ship safe to gillingham giving god thanks for our safety and deliverance about the middle of december the honour and defiance being appointed to be brought into dry dock at woolwich the honour to be repaired by mr baker who first built her and the defiance commended to me we began to prepare the dock for the receiving of them in after christmas and so ended this year of sixteen eleven the sixth day of january i went from chatham to woolwich to dock the honour and the defiance on the ninth day we opened the gates and brought in the defiance the next day proved so much wind as we could not stir the honour from her moorings so that she was not docked till the night-tide the eleventh day the gates were shut in and corked about the middle of this month prince henry lying at greenwich all the king's master shipwrights were commanded by his highness to attend him about a resolution of building ships in ireland and a proposition was made by mr william borrell to undertake to build one of six hundred tons in the room of the old bonaventure at a rate to build her in ireland myself being appointed to have gone over thither to see him to perform his bargain and every master shipwright brought in plats to the end his highness might make the better choice of what proportions and kinds of moulds he did best approve of for fitness of service about this time also i did accompany captain thomas button to make choice of a ship 
for the north-west passage in which journey he was to be employed by the appointment of the prince towards the end of this month i attended at deptford to the docking of the dreadnought about the sixth of march the resistance returned home of her voyage and the twenty-third of the same i paid all her company the fourteenth day of april being easter tuesday i came to gravesend to meet captain button who was then going away upon his voyage and we parted together on board his ship from whence i returned to chatham about the middle of june by the commandment of prince henry i began to make ready a frame for a small new ship who was to be as a pinnace to the great ship the prince in which the prince's highness did purpose to solace himself sometimes into the narrow seas and therefore she was appointed to be fitted with a very roomy cabin and all other accommodations for that purpose the keel of which ship was laid in the launching place at the old dock at chatham the last day of june being in length seventy-two foot in breadth twenty-four foot and to draw eleven foot of water of the burden two hundred and fifty tons and tonnage or thereabouts much about the tenth of july i sold the good ship called the resistance to one mr henry mannering brother to sir arthur mannering for seven hundred and odd pounds whereof i received four hundred and fifty pounds down and gave time for the payment of the rest having sir arthur mannering bound for the payment of the same which was not performed in more than two years after the cause that i sold this lucky ship was for that mr william gibbons that was my master in her was by my consent licensed to go with captain button being his near kinsman to the north-west passage the first of august being saturday the prince's highness being to take his progress from richmond i rode from chatham to richmond accompanied with captain john king and mr john reynolds then master gunner of the prince the next day being sunday i waited on his highness to chapel and at dinner he had this day a great deal of private conference with me concerning affairs of consequence after his highness was risen from dinner and had talked with me a while at the bay window of his presence he was pleased to license me to depart to dinner which was prepared for me and my company by mr alexander the principal gentleman usher at mr wilson's house then his highness's tailor from whence i was three times sent for by his highness in dinner-time to attend him to give him satisfaction about sundry material questions wherein he desired to be satisfied which done he sent me to dinner commanding me after i had dined to wait upon him again between two and three of the clock i attended according to his highness's commandment at what time he was pleased to deliver his pleasure to the full unto me with protestation of the trust he reposed in me and the good opinion of my performance of what he was pleased to commend to my charge with many princely passages of his gracious favour and intendiments to provide for me in conclusion upon my parting with a most princely loving gravity he gave me a farewell in these words go on cheerfully saith he in that which i entrust you with and let not the care for your posterity encumber you any ways for you shall leave the care both of yourself and them to me who have a purpose carefully to provide for you which gracious speeches took such impression with me that when i came to kiss his highness's hand at parting i could not choose but shed some tears though i little thought as god knoweth that had been the last time i should have seen him alive and those the last words that ever he spake unto me this night we took our leaves at richmond and came to greenwich and lodged that night with mr reynolds at the time of our being at richmond it was concluded by mr alexander and some others of the prince's servants not without his highness's knowledge to come to chatham with their wives to be merry and it was agreed also that we would fetch them to chatham by water in our pinnaces to go round by water which accordingly was by us performed and upon the twelfth day of this month we embarked them at greenwich about five of the clock in the morning to the number of some twenty persons men and women being provided of all manner of victuals and store of wine for our passage and by six at night we arrived at chatham where they were that night entertained at supper and lodged with me as many as we could receive the rest were billeted with mr leggett and other neighbours they were entertained by none but the prince's servants 
the first day i feasted all the company the second day they were feasted with great royalty on board the great ship the prince dinner and supper accompanied with the principal officers of his majesty's navy where the kings queens and all their children's healths were drunk round with loud report of the ordnance a noise of music attending us all the day we took leave on board about ten of the clock at night our music playing before us and for our farewells there were twenty-five pieces of great ordnance discharged after the watch was set on the saturday being the fifteenth day all the company were feasted dinner and supper at mr john leggett's on the sunday we were all invited to rochester by dr milbourne one of his highness's chaplains and then dean of rochester who bestowed upon us a sermon himself preaching with him we dined and supped and then returned to chatham monday proved so foul and rainy that the company could not take their journey towards london as was purposed they all dined with me and supped at captain king's the next day proved very fair so that after breakfast some in coaches and some on horseback rode for gravesend accompanied with mr leggett captain king and myself where we saw them shipped in a barge and then took our leaves bidding them farewell with some ordnance from both blockhouses the twenty-fifth day of september the new charter for incorporating the shipwrights of england granted by king james in which by the same charter i was ordained the first master i was sworn in my place of master the dinner being kept at the king's head in fish street mr dr pay making the sermon at the next church adjoining about this time my picture was begun to be drawn by a dutchman working then with mr rock at rochester the fifteenth day of october my eldest and first daughter anne was born at my house at chatham between one and two of the clock in the afternoon and at that time i had a little fit of sickness which made me keep house nine or ten days the twenty-fifth day of this month the noble prince my master the hope of christendom sickened the twenty-sixth of this month my daughter was baptized in the forenoon at chatham church where mr dr milbourne then dean of rochester preached where a great company of my friends dined with me and were very merry little thinking of the calamity that so soon followed us all in general but to myself in particular by the death of that ever-renowned branch prince henry my royal and most indulgent master at which time began my ensuing misfortune and the utter downfall of all my former hopes to the ruin of all my poor posterity being now exposed to the malicious practices of my old enemies having nothing but the mercies of my good god to trust unto and to comfort me withal end of section seven